unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my It's time for us to get started tonight. 
I've whispered my, to myself for the last 60 seconds, don't forget the Lord's Supper, don't forget the Lord's Supper, don't forget the Lord's Supper. I'm not going to forget it tonight. Uh, if you're here tonight and you did not have the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper uh, this morning and you need to be served, please go to the little chapel in the foyer and you'll be served at this time. All right, y'all ready for the books of the Bible? One, two, three, Genesis. Genesis.
Day for day, 
success in life is. you to our services here at Boonville and uh, if you're visiting with us tonight and we are blessed to have guests thank you for coming and I hope that you won't rush off too quickly but uh, allow us to be able to express to you how glad we are that you're here I do hope that you'll plan to be here if possible on Wednesday night at 7 and then next Sunday morning at 9 30. I want to have a, just a couple of updates. The Golden Circle Luncheon, the last one for this year, will be this coming Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. I hope you'll plan to be a part of that. Also, the Youth Progressive Dinner is going to be next Sunday evening, December the 17th, and our annual Fruit Basket Day is coming up on Wednesday, uh, December the 20th in the Annex. I'm going to kind of mention something somewhat perhaps sensitive, you may think. I'm going to try to say it as, uh, I don't know what to say, but as, as plainly and kindly as I can, we help a lot of people here in this community. Churches, social organizations, uh, all kinds of organizations send people here for help. Uh, last month, we helped over 200 and 40 families with food and clothes. And so there's a lot of people that come through here. And not only does that take place on our food pantry and clothes closet days, the second and the third Thursdays of each month, but usually on a daily basis, there are people that come by that need help. And we listen to what they have to say. And we genuinely want to help anybody that we possibly can. Now, with that in mind, occasionally... We have some folks that know what time we meet here for our services, and we're so glad to have them to come and be with us, but they come here for a purpose. I don't want to judge them, but they're trying to find money. They're trying to find extra money. Sometimes if uh, we're not careful, we allow some folks to maybe take advantage of us. Uh, our general rule here at Boonville is we don't give cash to anybody. We'll take them to the gas station and get them gas. We'll get them food. We'll get them clothes. 
You know, we'll, we'll get them things that they need. When you give somebody cash, you don't really know what they're going to use it for. Uh, they may use it to support their drug habit. Uh, they may use it for uh, whatever, you know, thing that they just may want to use it for. They may deceive you. With that being said, when somebody comes into our church building and you're here, I, I don't want you to feel like that you're being placed in a corner when somebody approaches to you and gives you a story that may or may not be true. I, I don't want somebody to take advantage of you, and that can happen from time to time. Sometimes somebody will come here in the building and ask several of you for some money. Maybe they'll go out to the parking lot and they'll continue to ask for some money. You know, they'll take all that they can get. But I, I would like to encourage you, if you would, to send those folks to me uh, or one of our elders. Uh, and we're going to, if you'll send them to us, we'll make sure that their needs are taken care of properly. Now, you're free to do anything you want to do with your money. But that's just a suggestion that I want to give you tonight that may help you, but it may help other people as well uh, in regard to possibly taking advantage. So that's just something I want to mention briefly tonight, and I hope it's come across in the right way. I've meant for it to because this church is the most generous church I've ever seen anywhere as far as giving to the community. Uh, we literally sacrifice much to help those that are without here in this area, and I think that will continue to be the case. People like Brother JT, uh, you know, he works many, many hours trying to purchase our groceries at a reasonable price. We probably have 20 people all together that work in the food pantry and clothes closet, and we generally can identify. You know, when people come in here to our building during services, we can identify you know, what may be really legitimate and what may not be legitimate. So uh, we'd like for your help in doing that, if at all possible. All right, let's close with a prayer. And Braden's going to lead us in our song for the teachers to go to class. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all you've done for us. Thank you for the many blessings materially, physically, and most of all spiritually that you give us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, there are many that we think of right now that are sick, that need our prayers. We pray that uh, your strength and your help would be upon them and the doctors and nurses attending to their needs. We pray for those that are grieving over the loss of loved ones. And Father, please continue to bless richly the congregation here at Boonville. Be with our elders as they lead us and guide us. Be with each member. And Father, may we continue to be a shining light in this community. Go with us now as we go to our Bible classes. May we listen with open hearts and open minds and leave with the determination to be better than we were before we came. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.
Good evening, everybody. I'm still dressed for my party, so brought the llama out for tonight. This is actually the first Christmas sweater I've ever had in my whole life. And someone said, well, for a first, you sure did choose badly. I don't know. I just thought it was cute. So we have addressed the llama in the room, and that's behind us. Thanks for those who were able to turn out. Uh, Anita actually brought some extra ornaments. They're already gone. But we've got some more of those limited edition uh, ornaments, and we'll bring some if you'd like to have one. Uh, we just, we just want to share with you a few little things, let you know we really appreciate you a lot. We're going to go over a list of sick people, and there are some names that I've added through the day. Folks have mentioned some situations to me, and we're going to pray for them. If there's somebody that you would like to put on our list, we'll put them there and pray for them too. Irene Baker is Melinda Hester's mother. She has terminal cancer. Austin Wentz is entering into a, another year of treatments, probably have to go through a second year, but he's doing well and we're thankful for that. Uh, Wade Davis is still missing. I'm just, I'm just gonna keep mentioning that until something changes. I just hate this for the family. And this, I'm sure, is a very difficult time for them. Bobby Petty is Joe Garrett's friend. He has lung cancer. Marty Woodruff has cancer. He's declining. His wife Donna uh, is at home caring for him. Eli Johnson is undergoing treatments for cancer. Anne Langford is experiencing some leg pain, being treated for that. Emma Hutton has cancer. Sharon Strickland has cancer. Grayson Miller has cancer. Linda Garrett's doing great and she's still taking infusion treatments probably through January. Barbara Foster has breast cancer. Larry Muse has colon cancer. Lennox Kenimer and Micah McBrayer are children who are battling cancer. Sybil Tolleson has Alzheimer's. That's Jerry's neighbor. And I mentioned that uh, Carolyn, she fell and uh, she's gonna be okay, but she's you know, having a rough time just the initial uh, shock to her body from falling, I guess. She's in a good bit of pain. Jeremy Owens is Rita Panel's son. He's recovering. Loxley Eaton is in remission, and we're grateful for that. Joanne Roberts uh, has a chronic problem with neuropathy, and Ben has not been well. He's fallen this week just uh, not able to get back on his feet very well after having been sick. Jayla Ross is recovering at Shepherd's Clinic. Sadie Downs has stomach cancer. Susan Wood has breast cancer. Johnny Derrick has lung cancer. Monique Brown, breast cancer. Billy Martin's friend, Christy Nash, has a debilitating disease. Norma Hemwell's not well. She fell a couple times this week. Uh, Joan is caring for her. And uh, that's Martha's sister too. And by the way, Martha has lost a ring. So if you happen to find a ring around here, she's really distraught about it. Um, could even be in the parking lot. Just keep your eyes open for that. And if you find it, please get that back to her or, or one of us. Joy Jamison is recovering at home. Rhonda Lansdale has breast cancer. Dennis Brown is recovering from uh, various types of surgery. 
probably going to be at Vanderbilt through Christmas. Terry Ross needs a liver transplant. That's Sue Mason's relative. And Sean Crum needs a liver transplant. That's also relative of Sue's. Junior Wilson has pancreatic cancer. Allie Johnson's undergoing chemo. Jonathan Bishop has cancer. Rick, how's your mom? Okay, good. She seems to be adjusting, sounds like. Pat Hall has cancer. Uh, Jerry Ryan passed away. And that is uh, Mickey Scott's really good friend. So just remember, remember that family, but remember Mickey too. Mary King has lots of health problems. That's a friend of Lisa Peake's. She's taking medicine for some blood clots. Uh, John Roten's at Landmark. Was he at the, he doing okay? He just can't get, if he gets up, he gets dizzy. So that's, that's a complication, but you know, he just has a, has such a good spirit about him. Uh, Brian Rowland's having some problems with his foot again. He's supposed to see the doctor this week and hopefully they can do something that's going to help recovery. He's not, Brian at least, isn't necessarily concerned much with the big toe that was an issue before, but he's got some other uh, sores that are developing. So just pray that, pray that he can get by that. Uh, Ricky Neves has mouth cancer. Jail's, Dale's sister Jackie is in rehab at Landmark. She's doing a lot better, and we're thankful for that. We have a friend, Anita and I, Ralph and Glenda Jennings. Their grandson, Will, is having a kidney transplant on the 29th. His dad's the donor. Well, you know, Jim, you've been on our list a while. There he is, right there. He was here this morning. Now he's back tonight. Um, I just, I don't know what to say. I love it when somebody we were so distressed about shows up unexpectedly and seems to be doing great. So Jim, God has, I know there are a lot of people praying for you, but we've been praying for you a lot and we are so thankful. And if you're not here this morning, um, they want to be a part of this congregation here. I do too, don't you? I love being a member here at Boonville. Wanda Devon is Mickey Scott's sister, had a, stroke, <coughs> had a stroke some time ago. Sisters are taking turns caring for her. Uh, Ray Miller had surgery last Tuesday. Kathy Johnson is Carolyn Liggins' niece, has breast cancer. Yes. Good. All right, great. Marilyn's sister, Pat, had fallen. Is she doing okay? Okay, but she had broken arm, so that's serious business. Jamie Warner's doing great. Still doing great. Okay. Uh, Terry Yarbrough is better. Chester Donovan in rehab. Okay. Uh, Jim Dukes, I mentioned last week was very sick. He passed away this week, so sympathy to that family. Uh, Will Tennyson had scans this week. That was part of his routine um, 
I guess, observation of his, his condition, and I think it went great. So we're thankful for that. Uh, a friend of ours, the, the Gerbers, actually, Paul Gerber was here. He's from South Africa. He gave a presentation here. Uh, his son, Rudy, and wife, Elsie, they live in Ireland. And he was recently diagnosed with testicular cancer, and he's going to be having surgery tomorrow. Joyce Morris's daughter, Leanne, has a, a small daughter that's having surgery on Wednesday in Jackson. <coughs> and then uh, Merle uh, walked in the house a little bit ago, and uh, his brother, he was on the phone at the time, his brother, Bruce, 102 years old. He passed away today. So, Merle, uh, our sympathies to you and your family. 102. That is something. Uh, we had a funeral for Sister Barron this week. And just that longevity. Can you imagine what it would be like to live that long? But it all comes to an end, nevertheless. And uh, we pray for this family. Anybody else? Did I? I've got her off the list already. She is? Oh, I just skipped over. Oh, there she is. Maydeen. She's in recovery. She broke her arm. Yeah. Well, thank y'all for reading that. But yeah, bless Maydeen. She's broke her wing. All right. Anybody? Uh, yes, Ken. What's his name? Uh, Roy. Roy. Roy Scott. Hey, you're not going to believe this. I have an uncle, Roy. Uh, Ken Scott and I talk back and forth about how we're kin to each other. Get it? Ken? Ken? Uh, he's Ken Scott. I'm Kenneth Scott Forrest. So Ken Scott. Now his dad's Roy. I have an uncle, Roy. I don't know. This is weird. This is kind of weird. But not you. Not me. We're kin to each other, but just those connections. All right. Let's have our prayer for these folks. And, oh, yes, Kathy. What's the last name? Bauer? Ballard. What's the condition? Heart. I'm sorry to hear that. We're about to pray over it. All right. Yes, Martha? Well, Martha's prayer is in the end. It is a pastor issue 
Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, that'd be the place to get it because that's an outstanding facility. Okay. We could go on probably. Uh, somebody said these are like um, prayer meetings. Okay, <laughs> kind of is. We'll pray and we'll study a little bit. But I, I love you. I want to pray for these people because they mean something to you. They mean something to me too. Let's have our prayer and then we'll start. Our Father, thank you for a really beautiful day today. Thank you for this family. Thank you for fellowship with one another Thank you for watching over and caring for us. I know there are folks in here that could be on this list who aren't feeling very well, but we're praying, Lord, you'll bless them just, just because of the intent of their heart. They desire to be here so much. We pray for Irene Baker, who has terminal cancer and still has time, and we're thankful you blessed her with that. We pray for Austin Wentz, as he goes through his treatments, bless the Davis family and Wade's disappearance. Pray for Bobby Petty, who has cancer, Marty Woodruff, who has cancer. Bless Eli Johnson and his treatments. Bless Ann Langford, who's experiencing some leg pain. Pray for Emma Hutton, who has cancer, Sharon Strickland, cancer, Grayson Miller. <coughs> we ask your continued blessings on Linda Garrett, and we're thankful She's nearly through all these treatments, and we're thankful for the results she's getting. Bless Barbara Foster, who's battling cancer. Larry Muse, who has cancer. Lennox Kenimer and Mike McBrayer, who are small children, have cancer. Bless Sybil Tolleson, who has Alzheimer's. Uh, bless Carolyn in her recovery. We pray for Jeremy Owens in his recovery. We're thankful that Loxley Eaton's doing better in remission. Bless Joan Roberts and Ben in their various conditions, suffering. Pray for Jayla Ross that she'll have progress in Atlanta. Bless Sadie Downs as she battles cancer. Pray for Susan Wood who has breast cancer, Johnny Derrick who has lung cancer, Monique Brown who has cancer. Bless Christy Nash and her family as she's dealing with a life-threatening disease. We pray for Norma as she fell this week. We we pray that uh, she's going to get stronger and not have these episodes anymore and bless Joan as she tends to her. Pray for Joey Jameson and his recovery. Bless Rhonda Lansdale who has cancer. We pray for Dennis Brown and 
the long treatment he has endured. We pray for Terry Ross and Sean Crum who await transplants. We pray for Junior Wilson who has cancer, Allie Johnson <coughs> who has cancer, Jonathan Bishop, cancer. We're thankful Flora Warner has made some adjustments and is accepting her new living situation and bless Rick as he tends to her care. Bless Pat Hall, who has cancer, Jerry Ryan. We pray your blessings on that family as they grieve. And we especially think about our Mickey, who was very distraught about her friend's condition and now passing. Bless Mary King, who has a lot of health problems. And we pray that the clot situation can be resolved. Be with John Roten as he's in rehab. We pray he'll get his balance back. Bless Brian Rowland as he sees a doctor this week. And Lord, we pray that he's going to be okay and he'll not have to lose his foot. We pray for Ricky Neves, who is seeking a superior help from MD Anderson. We pray that that move is going to result in a healing for his body. Bless Jackie Lambert as she recovers from a lot of setbacks with her past surgery. We pray for Will as he undergoes kidney transplant coming up and bless his father and the donation he's made. Lord, we are all just so thankful that Brother Thomason is doing well and well enough to be here, the great example he sets in his attendance here. We pray that you'll strengthen and bless his body and give him a full recovery and bless Vicki too. I'm sure she's very anxious about his outing, even here. Pray for Wanda Devon in her recovery and uh, be with Mickey and the sisters as they care for her. Pray for Ray Miller in his recovery. Bless Kathy Johnson. Uh, not sure about her follow-up, but we pray the surgery went as expected and that she can re recover from that, and if she has rehab, we pray that'll go well. Uh, bless Marilyn's sister, Pat, as she's recovering. We're glad to hear that she's doing some better. We pray for Maydeen Crow and her recovery. Bless her that it will set properly and that she'll have good use of her arm again very soon. Pray for Jamie Warner that he'll not end up back in the hospital again. Bless Terry Arbra, who's doing so much better. We pray for Chester Donovan in uh, his recovery. Uh, bless the Duke's family in um, their, their patriarch passing. Pray for Will Tennyson that he will continue to do well. Pray for Rudy Gerber who's facing surgery tomorrow. We pray it's a success and uh, promoting healing in his body. Uh, bless Joyce Morris's daughter Leanne and her little daughter that's having surgery. Pray for Bruce Crow's family in his passing today. Uh, especially we pray your comfort on Merle in the loss of his brother. But we do thank you for the, the long years that they were together. We pray for Ken Scott's dad who has surgery tomorrow in Tupelo. We pray it'll be a success. Bless Jenny Ballard who's having some heart problems and uh, bless Kathy as she tries to be a support to her. We pray for Jenny Adams, 
who's having back problems and a lot of pain. We pray that whatever the condition is, it'll be identified exactly right and then that she'll recover from treatments. And be with Corbin, who's having some respiratory problems. We pray that whatever the source of that is, that that can be resolved and then he'll be well again. Lord, thank you for hearing us and the many examples we could cite of your answering favorably. Uh, we're just children. We don't know how to go in or out many times, but we sure depend on you. And we're thankful that we can come to you like we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're studying in Isaiah. You know, we're studying a big chunk of Scripture. And so my intention in these, we've given some introductory materials. Each of these books, there'll be five of them. I'm going to endeavor to do that. I'm going to give you some information. Hopefully that will help. And then in addition to that, I want to look at some text, outstanding text from the books. Now, the thing about a book like Isaiah is, boy, it'd be fun to look at all the interaction that it has with the New Testament scriptures. But it turns out that there are about 65 references in the New Testament scriptures back to the book of Isaiah. So even that is a pretty monumental task. So I thought in lieu of doing something like that, that we would look at some really pivotal chapters that are found here in the book of Isaiah that help us to appreciate what it is that Isaiah was doing in his time. And you remember from the very first verse of the book that Isaiah found himself during uh, living during the reign of four kings. And we mentioned probably died during the reign of Manasseh. So that would have covered about four different reigns, short-lived reigns, but different individuals with different personalities, starting back with Uriah, who was probably co-regent with Azariah, his father. Uriah is noted in Scripture, and you can read the story if you want to on the side in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. He's the king who took it upon himself to act like a priest and grabbed the incense and the censer and was going to offer up that sweet smell to God. That sounds incidental to most of us. I hear people debate all the time, well, he was wanting to do a good thing, or it, not just Isaiah, lots of, different, lots of different characters in Scripture who seemed to do something they thought was appropriate and good, and yet the reaction that God gave was strong. In this case, Isaiah decides he's going to offer this incense, and God strikes him down with a severe case of leprosy. Yeah, Uzzah is also another case of somebody who's doing a good act, reach out your hand, stabilize things, but they did not do what God commanded them to do. Now, that is significant. In fact, that is a kind, it's kind of an example to all of the nation because here's what's happening politically in the world right now. Judah is being threatened by Israel, its brother. Israel has combined itself 
with Syria. And Syria and Israel are rattling the swords that they're going to defeat Judah. So what Judah does is it calls on Assyria. Assyria is like the dominant world power at this time. So Judah aligns itself with Assyria. Ultimately, around 721, Assyria is going to come in and wipe out both Syria and Israel, pull them, pull the peoples out of the land, resettle it with foreigners. But that alignment with this great power of Syria on the part of Judah does what? Does anybody remember? It puts Judah in a subjected position. In fact, what Assyria then does is say, okay, Judah, you're paying for that. And we could conquer you and wipe you out if we wanted to, but you know what? We're so merciful and good. No, they were not merciful and good. They were a brutal, awful group of people. Some of the worst mutilations in history came under the hands of Assyrian rule. However, they said, you know what? We'll not do that to you if you'll just pay us. And so this is going to continue in the period of, well, Uzziah, Uzziah is a good king. He doesn't subject the people to that, but eventually his son Jotham is going to come along and he does tend toward that. And then when Ahaz come, who is a corrupt king, he does align Judah with Syria or with Assyria. And then by that time, Assyria defeats Israel and now Judah is answerable to Assyria. Remember Hezekiah, the good king, comes along and Hezekiah says, you know what? We're not going to do that anymore. And Assyria says, well, then that's fine. We will come and destroy you. But does that happen? Oh, no, it does not. Because Hezekiah trusts in the Lord God and Sennacherib's, I think I mentioned this last week, but Sennacherib's army of 185,000 at that time, modern equipped men of war are killed in one night by one angel. What we're seeing here is that repeating theme. If you will be faithful to me, I will bless you. If you're not faithful to me, I will not bless you. I will curse you. Example in point, Uzziah. Uzziah did not do as I had commanded. It was not his place to act like a priest when he's a king. He wasn't qualified to serve in that capacity. And because of that, I gave him leprosy. I could have taken his life, but he is the king. And so I'm going to show mercy. And Uzziah was not a bad guy, except that he disobeyed God. And whether I'm a good guy or not, if I disobey God, what's going to happen? God is, God is going to punish me. So what's going to happen with our nation? A lot of question marks there, right? Because there's a lot, except for what the prophet Isaiah is going to tell them, they really had no idea or insight into how things are going to go. That's why God blesses them with the work of Isaiah, at least as we're going to see here in chapter 6. Chapter 6 is a chapter, pretty famous chapter in Isaiah, wherein God is demonstrating the fact that even though things may not go as you, as you expected or you anticipated, they are going exactly as I expected them to go. And if you will trust me, you won't have to worry about that. 
what will happen then are going to be some warnings that are issued toward Judah that if they don't straighten up, what has befallen Israel will ultimately befall you. Now, it wouldn't happen immediately, but it eventually would happen. And that's what the second half of Isaiah is about. But let's take a look at Isaiah chapter 6. And what, what I do not want to do is just stop and talk about history. What I want to do is put ourselves as though we were the recipients of this message. Isaiah is a prophet of God who is writing to a people who have a lot of uncertainty in their hearts right now. So imagine that you have become the recipient of just a message from Isaiah that goes something like this. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Now I want to stop right there for a second. If I have confidence in men, what am I looking for from my leaders? Isn't it, isn't it pretty common? You know, the news people are over this all the time, but they will see our leaders on the world stage and they will make comments about their appearance how it is that they are projecting themselves. Whether or not on that stage, that world stage, they are projecting confidence and leadership because as our leader stands out there, we want him to look strong or weak. We want our leader to look strong because the general consensus is if we appear strong, then others will, you know, they'll not think about messing with us. I want the nation to be projected as very strong. Well, let's think about ourselves on the world stage. We're hearing the, the sabers rattling. We know that there is intrigue going on in Israel and Syria are getting together. They're wanting to undo our nation. We look to our leader and what do we see? It was in the year that King Uzziah died. Uh-oh. Does that project strength? When, how would that make you feel? The king's dead. Some of you maybe were alive when President Kennedy was shot and killed. How'd you feel then? Especially given recent events where Cuba, except, I mean, you felt like you were on the brink of annihilation, nuclear holocaust, and now the leader who's in the middle of all of that, he has been assassinated. Well, what did you think? Pardon? Yeah, we want, you know those, and you've seen lots of documentaries about that, those moments behind the scenes were touch and go. I mean, you've got Johnson lined up almost immediately in order to be sworn in, at least temporarily for the time, but ultimately permanently, uh, in order to project that things are going to move along smoothly. There's going to be no problem. Our president may have been assassinated, but the United States remains what? The United States remains strong. Okay, so we could be annihilated. We're Judah. We could be annihilated by Israel and Syria's 
joining up. And, you know, what's going to happen? to Our king is dead. But Isaiah says, let me tell you what I saw. I saw the Lord sitting on, not Isaiah, not Isaiah sitting on his throne. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. And look at it. He was high and lifted up. The train of the robe filled the temple, and above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. Two he covered his face, two he covered his feet, and two he flew. And one cried to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. The whole house was filled with smoke. You feel confident now? Not read this way. Man! Isaiah might be dead, but Isaiah isn't in charge. Who's in charge here? God is. And when God speaks, what happens? Man, you think about the awesome, I, I don't know, every time I read this, I'm just like, wow. I mean, there is God high and lifted up, right? Talk about the world stage. Almighty God. And then around him are his, this is, I'm going to say, quote, unquote, his protectors. That's kind of how the seraphim are described. Does God need anybody covering his back? No. But the image is of authority and power. You know, you step down from Almighty God and then like the most awesome creatures you could ever imagine are there surrounding the throne. And what are they doing? I mean, they're not taking a break. They're crying out to each other just how awesome and mighty God is. So all of these incredible creatures that are just offering up praise and adoration to God, who's on the throne, who's actually what? As far as we're concerned. He's in charge. That's the one who's in charge. Are you afraid? I am not afraid. In fact, he is so overwhelmed by what he sees that he does what? It says his words. Woe is me for I'm undone. What does it mean to be undone? It's like, I'm, you know, I'm coming to pieces here. This is like I'm shattered I'm, I, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. Woe is me, for I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the, the king. Who's the king? Uzziah? No, he's dead. Jotham, he'll do it. Forget Jotham. I, I, in fact, at this point, if I'm Isaiah, I don't really care who is on the earthly throne because Almighty God is on his throne. So, woe is me. I'm nobody. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And by the way, what does the word hosts mean? Anybody know? The Lord of armies. Don't you love that? Who's going to protect us? The Lord of armies. Who is this Lord? Well, he sits on the throne and he's got these amazing creatures calling out to his glorification. He, there's nothing that can stand against him and he's with us. I am not afraid that the physical king is dead. That's going to continue. If we'll continue to put our trust in God, what will we have? Will we be okay? 
we will be okay. One of the seraphim, one of those awesome creatures there extolling the greatness of God, flew to me, having in his hand live coal, which had been taken tongs of the altar, touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin purged. You're good. What will God do for us? We'll be faithful to him. He'll purge our sins. Our faithfulness. Do you trust God or not? I trust God. I've become undone. I, I'm, I'm water before you. I, you know, I'm nothing. I, I repent. I'm sorry. I, my words mean nothing. Okay. Remove that sin. Purge him of his sin. I'm purging my sin. What good am I? I sit on the pew and I just go through the rest of my life. I'm fine. I'm good. What is God's expectation of us? Get busy. Okay, that's fine. Pity party. Remember, I'm the God of the universe. I'm the king of this nation. Other kings are going to rise and fall. Some will be good. Some will be bad. I'm looking for faithfulness. Isaiah, who are you? I'm nobody. Woe is me. I'm undone. I, look at my, I, I sin with my lips. I'm among a people of, of sin. I, help, you know, I'll take care of that. Now you are ready for action. Whom shall I send? The voice goes out and who will go for us? Don't you love Isaiah? What does he say? Here am I. <laughs> I just happen to be right here. Send me. What would Isaiah be good for? Aren't you amazed that God will use Isaiah not just to comfort his own people and to warn them about their choices all the way through the time until he dies, but he will also be the instrument by which God will give the warning to that nation 150 years ahead of time of what God's judgment is going to be against them for the poor choices that they will inevitably make. And even then, that will announce their deliverer. That's the God who's on the throne that Isaiah has to talk about. Are, are you amazed at God? You're speechless. You're like Isaiah. Um, I just... Yeah, y'all remember, remember what God promised to do. Say, if, you'll be, if you're unfaithful to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to curse you. But if you'll do what I say, I'm going to bless you. As regards prophecies, remember what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said, you know what? It, it, as regards God's promise, pro, prophecies, it kind of depends. It depends on you. God says, I'm going to punish you for your sin, and yet 40 days, Nineveh, and you'll be destroyed. And they're like, whoa, then we repent. And by the way, you know where Nineveh, Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, that big bad over there. God says, I'm going to destroy the capital of that great nation. And they said, well, then woe is us. We all repent. So God relented what he would do and waited 100 years, finally brought that punishment during the time of Nahum, the minor prophet. God's wheels may turn very slowly, but here's the thing about God. You can always count 100% on what God tells you. He is not going to forget it. And 
You know, we may, we may struggle through things and we may ask, how is this ever going to work out? But I promise you, if we are faithful to God, God is going to see us through it. It's six o'clock. We're going to stop right here. Thank you for your attention. Uh, next week, Lord willing, we will talk about Jeremiah and probably mix Jeremiah and the other book that he wrote, Lamentations. And we'll have the introductory and then we'll look at some, some scriptures like this. Uh, the encouragement to us is, you know, there's six to six chapters of that. Yeah, it was written for a particular time, for a particular people, but the import of that message ought to absolutely fire us up in our service to God. Let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for a really great day today. And thank you for the blessing of the confidence that we can have in you. You are an awesome, awesome God. I pray, Lord, we'll be like Isaiah. Having been freed from our sin, we will be at your disposal. So here we are. Send us. Thank you, Lord, for what you can accomplish with so little and make so much out of it. Please bless us as we leave this place and keep us safe and diligent. In Jesus' name, amen.